I'm Satya Nelms and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. Today we are in the garden with Brandy Wells. Brandy is an independently licensed social worker in Columbus, Ohio. Her specialty is skills and education regarding early childhood mental health prevention and intervention. She encourages caregivers to stop generational cycles of trauma by healing their own trauma and curses they are holding on to. Outside of her professional role, she is a mommy blogger. She created My Motherhood Magic, which provides practical parenting skills online to caregivers around the world who are invested in raising mentally healthy children. Her inspiration comes from her three beautiful daughters who she is raising with her husband. Her goal is always to be a vessel of the education and training she received. I always like to open with what is a mother? When you think of the word mother, what does that mean to you? Okay. Okay. Um, you know, for me, being a mother is uh, such a hard question, right? I feel mm-hmm. like that's really layered. Um, you know, for me, being a mother is being a nurturer. For me, being a mother is um, constantly thinking about um, the mothers before me. The mother who mothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, and more than just a title, um, but more about the action mm-hmm. behind the word. Um, you know, there's a lot of mothers, um, but there's not a lot of mothers doing the work mm-hmm. um, to really stand strong in that in that title. So for me, you know, being a mother is more about the, the steps in between the things um that you don't always see, um, you know, the nights where you're having conversations or um, with your children, nights that you're simply reading books or um, just sharing experiences, um, holding space for your children. Right. Um, I think being a mother is more about mothering yourself, honestly. Right, right, right. So you said that being, you know, part of what a mother is, is, you know, the mothers that came before you. Can you tell me a little bit about your mothers who came before you? Yeah. So even when thinking about my mother, and this is not something I thought about um, before coming a mother, and even maybe after having my first daughter, who's 14 now, Mm -hmm. but as I began to journey through my own motherhood experience, and I start processing feelings through my motherhood journey, I think I had to pay attention about or or be very cognizant about, well, why am I mothering in this way? Why am I being triggered in this way? Where is that manifesting from? Mm -hmm. And so it forced me to look at my mother's experience and who she was. And I start asking her questions 
um, regarding her upbringing and who she was as a woman, mm-hmm. um, because it made me understand my journey. It, it, it gave more light to my journey. But then digging deep to her journey, obviously, she then had experience with her mother. And so you begin to realize that, you know, especially genetically, it's this, it's like a, like a note, like a musical note. And it's mm. like, it just keeps on, it, it unravels through us. And so for me, I'm an extension of my ancestors mm-hmm. and I feel like I, um, you know, I'm standing on their shoulders that the mm-hmm. things that the most beautiful pieces of them, they've carried through and mm-hmm. the things that maybe didn't work so well or weren't, aren't relevant. You know, I was brave enough to let go of. Mm. And um, I think they would be proud. Mm. Um, But I think it's only when you begin to understand that history is when you can really prepare for or even be in alignment with with what you believe your future to be as a mother. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's tough, you know, Um, because you don't always ask those questions. And uh, you don't always understand that connection, Mm -hmm. but there's so much of us. um, There's so many things that we carry that people have carried before us in our families. Mm -hmm. And it's important to know that thread so that you know where to break it and how to break it Mm -hmm. and why it's important Mm -hmm. or why it's important to keep the beautiful parts. And so... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's connecting to your legacy, connecting to your, to your history and your ancestors and really understanding, you know, and having gratitude for as far as you made it in mm-hmm. your own journey, you know? So right. it's a blessing. It's, it's, it's a blessing. It's almost like too much when you really think about it mm-hmm. in such a dynamic way. It's like, wow, you know, to see like where, our ancestors came from to where we are with mothering our own, mm-hmm. our own babies. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to something that you just said, you know, keeping, we learn what to keep and we learn, you know, what to let go of. What are what have you chosen to keep from your you know, <sighs> maternal lineage and your, you know, maternal ancestry, what have you chosen to keep and what have you chosen to let go? Well, I think there's some, I think the nurturing piece has always been there. Mm-hmm. The intent to always want to do what was right. Even when we were in pain, our ancestors, or even when we were doing things that could be harmful it was all the intention behind that was because I was doing the best that I could right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I am trying to survive (laughs) um we aren't surviving anymore I don't necessarily need to survive I've had the skills and the education and my mother has done the work to put me in a situation better than she was and so I don't have to be in survival mode I can Mm -hmm. now thrive right and Mm so you know really just thinking about those survival techniques um, and, and, and the reason behind those survival techniques, especially when we think about black and brown children mm-hmm. and we think about our ancestors' children being ripped away or um, just all the generational trauma mm-hmm. that we've been exposed to that has caused us to act and, 
and, and protect our children in in such a in in, in such a I guess you know um, kind of more intense way. Mm-hmm. But that protection and that be quiet and all of that was in regards to how the environment was around them. Mm-hmm. Um, but those things I don't have to carry anymore. You know, right. um, I know that when I was a young girl. I felt I felt like I needed someone to talk to and I needed an outlet and I needed to be able to share how I felt. And I wasn't given that. Mm -hmm. Now I give my daughters the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So just those little those little things, those those little details, fine details. My mother was amazing. She Mm -hmm. was I know that she fought hard for her children. She protected us. She provided a safe space. Mm-hmm. But I also know that she was kind of passive mm-hmm. and she was didn't give me a lot of skill sets. And we didn't talk about sex and mm-hmm. we didn't talk about mm-hmm. um, healthy relationships and we didn't talk about um, how to process feelings and how to work through your anger. And all of the things that goes through young girls minds, my mom didn't maybe feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that. I know I need it. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to provide a delicate balance and then realize that there's a reason my mom did that mm-hmm. um, because she is her own person and she doesn't, that makes her uncomfortable. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just really thinking about what are the pieces that still are in alignment with your values as a parent mm-hmm. um, and be and be okay with saying like that doesn't align with the values of my family, but that doesn't mean that my family didn't love me or that doesn't mean that, you know, they didn't do the best they could, but truly I'm creating my own mission in my family. And, and I have to assure that the mission is alignment with my actions Mm -hmm. and what am I doing as a, as a mother now. And what has been your journey to be able to, you know, extend that kind of grace to your mother. You know, for some folks, you know, the things that they didn't get from their parents or their, and their mothers in particular can feel like a source of tension. But it sounds, you know, listening to you talk about it, it sounds like you show your mother a great deal of understanding um, for her own journey. So how did you come to be in that place? Mm. Well, you know, I talk a lot about generational cycles of trauma. Mm-hmm. And one of those pieces, um, you know, we talk about is like epigenetics and mm-hmm. how not only things that are like diseases and um, things that are in the blood passed down to us. There are also more environmental things that are um, passed down to us. And I don't, I don't think that I really began to realize that until as I became a mother and I have my husband mm-hmm. and he was an amazing, he is an amazing father to our children. And I was getting triggered. Mm-hmm. I was, um, not always having the joy that I know now Mm -hmm. when he was doing the things for our girls. And I sat with that and I said, why am I feeling this way? Why am I not comfortable? Why is this hurting me? Why is this making me sad? What is, Mm -hmm. why is my body responding in it? And I began to realize, wow, 
I have some abandonment issues. I wasn't mm-hmm. raised with my father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's hard for me to save space for my daughters who are raised by this amazing man. Damn, I wish I had that. Mm. And so I began to really write and try to get an entombment with myself. And I began thinking about my father. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same grace that I showed towards my mother, I extended that to him. How was his upbringing? Who was he as a young man? Mm. And I was able to forgive um, him because I know that his journey um, wasn't on his own as well, that he was carried Mm -hmm. to the man that he was called to be. And so when you begin to look at people and even your parents as humans and everyone as just human and us not being perfect, Mm -hmm. I was able to realize, wow, these are the things that, you know, made my father possibly act in the way he did, possibly leave me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm okay with that because he's not perfect. And Mm -hmm. we are here now. Um, And so I just began to really unravel um, some of those um, things about my own family and my history mm-hmm. so that I truly could just begin to walk in my calling right. but I really had to sit with some of those negative feelings that I was experiencing as a parent mm-hmm. um, and why isn't this so joyful I have the family I have I have kids they're, they're thriving you know they're they're doing the things that they should be doing why am I feeling this way but mm-hmm. I began to ask myself those questions like what is the root cause of this? Where is this coming from? What is that? What is that in the pit of your stomach? Right. Um, and, it, and it takes time and it takes patience and it takes sitting with yourself, mm-hmm. asking yourself the hard questions mm-hmm. um, and really narrating your life. Mm-hmm. I think one of the beautiful blessings is like journaling and writing your life story mm-hmm. from the beginning, like from your first memory of that you can remember, maybe kindergarten, first grade and just start documenting your experiences and things that you felt because what you'll see is like things come up mm-hmm. and you're like oh wow didn't even realize because we hold on to some of those painful memories and we hold on to the things that um really stick out and so mm-hmm. I started to just document my life um and then start picking that apart mm-hmm. in a way to either let it go or and help me move forward so yeah, it's been it's been amazing. And I think it's it's constant. Like there's mm-hmm. not an end point there. And that's what I, I'm like. There's no end point in healing. There's no end point to this. Like right. you're on this constant journey. I'm always growing as a mother. I'm always I'm always discovering more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always growing and learning. And um, that's the beauty of it all is that you just get better with time. I'm like who I was as a mother to my 14 year old to mm-hmm. who I am as a mother to my now three-year-old mm-hmm. totally different woman yeah totally different woman right right oh i love that concept you brought up of narrating narrating your own life of going yes. through from those first memories so speaking to that what is one of your first memories of being mothered mm. first memory of being mothered it's a great question um I don't think anyone has ever asked me that. <laughs> um, 
I think one of my earliest memories um, of being mothered, my mom was very into making sure that her kids looked presentable. Mm -hmm. There was not a day or time where I didn't leave the house where my socks weren't white. Mm -hmm. My, uh, I wasn't, you know, just my mom just had this perception that like how you, how people see you in the world is how they view me. Mm -hmm. And I want people to view me as this woman with prestige and, 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 you know, of, of, uh, stature and, mm -hmm. and, and, and she wanted to be proud. And so I just always remember her taking a lot of care into who I was as a young girl. So mm -hmm. I remember times where, um, I would sit on the steps at my grandmother's house and it was her pressing my hair mm -hmm. and, um, her telling me, bend forward a little more so I can get your, <laughs> uh, the little kinks yeah. in the back and I remember one time she burnt me and uh, my grandmother um, at the time protected me and mm. I just thought gosh I just love my grandma you mm. know and I just remember mm -hmm. um, my mom caring so much about my hair being straight mm. um, and that my grandma still was mothering her right. while she was mothering me and uh, it makes me think like you you always need your mother. Um, it's that's why it's always evolving. It's always it's a continuum. Mm -hmm. And uh, even in that moment, she like corrected my mom, mm -hmm. and my mom like straightened up and like kind of was taken back. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so I think that's just one of the memories that sticks out because. I just remember my grandmother still mothering her while protecting me. Mm -hmm. And it was just this, this natural, just continuum, like mm -hmm. me, my mother and her mother. It was kind of a nostalgic moment, but yeah. um, I just also like the beauty and the patience that my mom took to make me, make me what she assumed to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, that what an amazing yeah. multi-generational memory that is mm -hmm. and yeah. you know that the time that your mom took to you know as you said to help to to make you look beautiful or to make you look more beautiful and the care mm -hmm. that she put into you how did you see her pouring care into herself did you see your mother take care of herself and if you did what did that look like there was a lot of external things mm -hmm. my mom did. So, you know, there's a lot of times where I think we believe like self-care is to like going to go get your nails done right. and, you know, you go and get your hair done and you go and you get to do these, you know, ex external things. Mm -hmm. And I saw my mom do a lot of that. I remember sitting in a shop and she would get sew-ins back then mm -hmm. and uh, or get her wigs and we'd be at this lady's shop all day it was like a whole process yes. and I just remember twirling in the chair at the beauty salon mm -hmm. and just making fun because I didn't have a phone or anything this is you know back in the day right. and so I saw my mom do a lot of those things she loved shopping mm -hmm. so she would always 
buy these beautiful clothes and I remember her dressing fancy and um again just took in a lot of pride in who she was externally mm-hmm. but internally I don't know if I saw my mom really mm. having moments of self-love like you right. were doing self-care but did you really have a lot of self-love yeah. because there was times where she was in relationships and I heard arguments mm-hmm. and I seen her fighting mm. and um I seen her taking a lot of things from taking a lot of pain and and situations with other people. She didn't have really good boundaries. My mom was a person who like you could ask to do something and she would do it automatically. Had a hard time saying no. Mm-hmm. So as I'm becoming a woman, I'm realizing, you know, that yeah, she did a lot of things externally to kind of hide and suffocate some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But was she truly vested in herself? Mm-hmm. Because a woman who I believe is truly vested is working internally as as much as they are externally, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think back then for her, um, she was trying to survive. So she was willing to sacrifice the relationship for her to have somebody who could help support her financially or you know just situations in which she did it because that's really what she thought was best Mm -hmm. um so I saw those moments of self-care and and her her loving herself looking in the mirror I remember going to the makeup shop and like her her doing all of those things but behind closed doors Mm. like really questioning like how can you be this gorgeous woman mm-hmm. and you're taking this shit from this guy? Mm-hmm. Like I just, ah, right. and, I, and me just being irritated with that. Like I thought my mom was everything. She was beautiful. She was amazing. And she was kind and compassionate and she took a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I knew that wasn't, I knew that she didn't know that she didn't deserve that and that there was better and that she, you know, and I think now, as an older woman, she don't, she doesn't play that. She doesn't, she doesn't tolerate that, but she was also again, going through her journey and she's continuing to go through her journey, even in older adulthood. And so again, just like that continuum and like her learning and her Mm -hmm. and her coming into her light and, uh, and really just respecting it as such. So, yeah. So, how do you, given that you saw those external examples, but not the internal ones, how did you learn how to nurture and mother yourself? How did you learn to care for yourself and love yourself? I think I was born an empath, honestly. <laughs> I ain't even trying to be funny, but like, I'm a cancer. Yeah. And we are emotional beings. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I mm. think... I have some of the earliest memories of me are wearing my heart on my sleeve. You know, when I yeah. felt embarrassed, when I was doing a ballet recital, I ran off the stage. Mm-hmm. I just remember being a child who like I cried a lot. I I felt the way I felt. If I was angry, I would like be angry out loud. And, yeah. you know, you just knew who, how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also was a child who was a natural nurturer. I will say 
my mom shares stories like you were the baby holding the baby. You were the cousin who always wanted to take care of the little cousins and play baby dolls. And Mm -hmm. so I think that was very innate Mm -hmm. for me to be a nurturer, to be a emotional um, being. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't always controlled. It wasn't always understood, especially growing up as a young girl. Mm -hmm. Um, I think through relationships and friendships you begin to understand your role and who you are as a person and I'm really good at also just hearing feedback and Mm -hmm. being receptive to what people say and I'm very critical Mm -hmm. um but I'm also a therapist Mm -hmm. so you know I had a lot of education and training around how the brain works Mm -hmm. and um, it provided me evidence to who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. And, and I start understanding my temperament. Mm-hmm. And I started to understand, you know, who I was, my oh, being, mm-hmm. and why. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's when I really began to understand who I was as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, by really kind of just kind of going through the motions and experiencing life. Mm-hmm. And, and taking that feedback and just really always wanting to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't like experiencing pain. I don't like being in uh, unhealthy relationships. That doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I move forward in a way that calls for more? I know that's not the life that's for me. If I want a different life, how do I, how do I get it? What's the steps that I need to take? Mm-hmm. And uh, mapping that out for myself and taking those steps and if I go back I go back and move up again you know and just and just um showing myself tons of grace Mm. um but also really working at doing the work like I'm a big advocate of like I walk and breathe what I do and so I can't call for people's healing I can't call for people's you know attunement if I'm not doing that for myself right right so how do you think your experience with being mothered by your mother, by your grandmother, how was that affected by being black and in particular being black in this country? Yeah, I think there's just so much cultural context mm-hmm. because I think like you, there's just certain <clears throat> um there's just certain values and virtues that black families are just a common thread in black black families. So, you know, a lot of things that I think stuck out to me and even, and I think me, I like went to all black schools. So it wasn't uncommon for me to know all of us got whoopings and all of us, you know, like you knew, you kind of knew that was just a, that's what was happening. Right. Um, and I only know black experience. And so I, when I began sharing my story or even communicating with people, I began understanding that like, wow, I'm not the only girl who has suffered from abandonment from a father. Why yeah. is that a common thread 
in black and brown communities. Not because fathers didn't want to be there, but were they being sent off to prison? Right. Were they, um, you know, dealing with something economically? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what was, why was that happening, happening so often in our communities? And mm-hmm. we have that, that issue. Why is that a collective trauma for us? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you begin to understand all the systematic things that has happened to our culture, then it's not a surprise when you begin to understand that collectively a lot of us are feeling the same and going through some of the same situations right. um, because it happened to to most of us. We don't have that privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have that privilege. So, you know, there's just some common there's just some common collective trauma that black and brown people experience that affect our parents, that affect our parents' parents Mm -hmm. and have resulted in us having a lot of work to do Mm -hmm. in our own healing journeys. Um, That, that I don't believe white people understand, Mm -hmm. should understand or, uh, well, they probably should understand, but they don't understand. And uh, I think it's just, they don't, they have the privilege of not having to experience that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why their journeys are their parenting journeys may be so different mm-hmm. um, because their journeys are are built on privilege mm-hmm. and mine could have been built on pain and trauma and and um, you know not a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. not a lot of direction mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think that's why there is such a commonality within within our culture. So taking everything that we've talked about into consideration, if a black mother were to come to you and say, you know, what's something that I should keep in mind when I am mothering, what what advice would you offer? You know, one thing that I'm big on, I think, now as a mother because I'm going through this is like really like self accountability mm-hmm. and like really like the journey into mothering yourself like really digging deep because your parent your your children stretch you mm-hmm. if you're not being stretched if you're not being challenged if you're not sitting back sometimes in your bed at night thinking what the hell is this Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you ain't doing it right. And I think they stretch you out of who you who you believed you you were. Mm-hmm. Um and I think you have to meet that with really um understanding yourself, having self accountability and being willing to know that it starts with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, because you can only really control yourself. Mm-hmm. You even try to control your children and they'll continue to rebel or whatever. It's you really can only control you. And so I talk a lot about um, self-regulation, really understanding mm-hmm. the body mm-hmm. and understanding how our temperaments and our feelings really um, that our children are reactional to that mm-hmm. and that the more calm and the more um, 
the more regulated that you are as a mother, Mm -hmm. the better off you are at mothering. Mm. Um, And that you cannot forget who you were or who you are Mm -hmm. um, outside of your motherhood role. Mm -hmm. Because I think people tell mothers that you can you can only be a mother, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, I am so many things, mm-hmm. so many other things and not to lose sight of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, because those things keep you, keep you true to who you are and they feed you um, because there's just no way to, you know, pour from an empty cup. Yeah. Um, so you constantly have to be in balance with yourself, constantly be um, self-evaluating um, and I think your children will thank you later because um, I think children, again, are reactional to how we are taking care of us, how we are, how we are mothering us, our own beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're nurturing yourself and you're nurturing your being, then you can then provide that same experience for your children. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Mother's Gardens. If you want to support the show, you can make a sustaining donation on Patreon by visiting our page, Our Mother's Gardens. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a honey bunch of stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Pata.